Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh, boy. So uh, thank you to all of you out there. And I mean this sincerely. I never throw thank yous out there to be coy or silly Uh, for all the positive feedback on yesterday's show. We did get some negative feedback, too, to be candid. It was um, percentage was probably 98 percent positive on my uh, rant on socialism and Bernie Sanders. Um, To those who have negative feedback, I appreciate that, too. I put our email address out there on the show for a reason. I enjoy your feedback. The show is for you. Um, But it is my show, and that's what I was feeling passionate about yesterday, Bernie Sanders and the far left uh, lurch of the Democrat Party, because I think it's dangerous not only to the Democrat Party, but dangerous to the country, folks. So uh, I do appreciate it. I was obviously very passionate. I went on maybe a little long yesterday, but um, get to work matters. Get to work was the takeaway from yesterday's show. So welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm in a great mood today. And, you know, I heard that yesterday, too. Yeah, Dan's all pissed off today. You know, I heard that all day long. Yeah, I know. I can tell because even after the show, I usually say to Joe and Paul, I'm like, what'd you think? And they were both like, oh, it was good. (laughs) It was good. It was good. It was good. That look like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, know. So, you know, sometimes, it, but I appreciate the feedback. Okay, here's what we're going to get to today. We've got a lot to talk about. The huge developments in the Mike Flynn case. Ladies and huh. gentlemen, remember my operating thesis. These swamp rats all know each other. Everybody knows that, but they all have something to hide. Got a lot on that today. You're going to be stunned at some of the information we put out there about that case. And new developments in the Hillary Clinton Russian collusion Skolkovo disaster. Fascinating stuff there. Um, and also an update from Rudy Giuliani last night, who gave a really unbelievable interview on Shannon Bream's show. I hope you saw it. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Liquid IV. Liquid IV, we'd be lost without this stuff. Now, you know about their hydration multiplier. I love that. I use it before jujitsu. But Paula is literally right now before the show using their, I think, their finest product out there. This stuff is amazing. Liquid IV energy multiplier. This stuff is legit. It's the real deal. Liquid IV's energy multiplier tastes amazing, just like the lemon-lime flavor. Just take one of their packets, rip off the top, mix it in water. Paula's doing it right now, drinking it right up, and it gives you a sustained energy boost with no crash. I take one of these before my jujitsu classes, which I love. They use cellular transport technology to deliver the optimal ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. They have rapid absorption into the bloodstream, which gives you a lasting energy boost Fast. Power your mornings. Long days at work. Get a boost through those tough workouts. That's what I use it for. It has clean ingredients are non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. It's convenient also. These TSA-friendly single-serving packets are perfect for travel. They come in this box. Looks like that. We love it. I use it every day, if not every other day. My One of my favorite new products out there. Get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Their energy multiplier is fantastic. You're going to love it. Just go to liquidiv.com and our promo code Bongino to save 25% off. Get hydration and energy. Liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Don't wait. Start fueling life's adventures today. Good product. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. We'll slow on the bell Hello. again. It's all right. Let that one slide. Okay, so <laughs> yesterday I kind of teased this story a little bit. I'm only messing with each other. We loved you. Uh, Mike Flynn, huge development, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn's case. Uh, many of you know Mike Flynn was the subject of the deep state spygate swamp attack for a reason. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn was uh, President Trump's choice for national security advisor. He was in that role for 11 days. He was then terminated by the Trump administration uh, pursuant to a deep state attack where they alleged he lied in an FBI interview about a conversation he had with the Russian ambassador. The problem is, as many of you well know, the FBI agents that interviewed Mike Flynn and claimed he lied in their interview at the White House. Remember the sneak attack Jim Comey, former FBI director, talked about? So I sent these two agents over because I knew we could get away with it. Remember that one? Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. The two agents went back and told the FBI administrators and supervisors they were reporting to after they interviewed Mike Flynn that they didn't believe Mike Flynn was being deceptive. I didn't say that wrong. Mike Flynn was prosecuted and for lying to the FBI, despite the fact that the FBI agents claimed he didn't lie to the FBI. Yes, this is really happening, folks. This is really happening. Unreal what's going on here. So Flynn mistakenly, Lieutenant General Flynn pled guilty. I believe it's for a number of reasons. They were pursuing his family. They were going to bankrupt him. Uh, they, they did bankrupt him, as a matter of fact. But having been on the other side of the federal agent equation, the pressure the federal government can put on you to plead guilty, even if you're not guilty, um, is pretty dramatic. Oh, yeah, folks. daddy. 
It's bad. So Lieutenant General Flint, who is excellent attorney, Sidney Powell, has since rescinded the plea and said, listen, I didn't lie to the FBI. Okay, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have played. He was trying to save his family. Now, something else is coming out. This is going to get fascinating because I want you to I'm going to give you kind of an angle on this. You may not have heard. So the Federalist has an excellent piece I said I would uh, tell you about today. And it is just the swampiest of the swamp. I mean, the fetid, stinking, sulfur-emitting swamp is just every, its tentacles are everywhere. Pieces by Leslie McAdoo Gordon. Court to investigate whether Mike Flynn's first lawyers did a bad job. Wait, Mike Flynn had other lawyers before his new lawyer, Sidney Powell, who's excellent, by the way. So Sidney Powell's looking at what his first group of lawyers did, and he's like, oh, excuse me, she, Sidney Powell's saying, uh, wait, time out, T.O., laundry on the field, red flag, under the hood for review here. Mike Flynn's first lawyers did what? Now, before I get into this, you may say, well, that's Mike Flynn's fault for hiring crappy lawyers. I'm not going to get into that because when you hire a lawyer, regardless, there are ethical obligations, folks. Right. Yes, there are. Whether, right, I mean, this is just common yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. When you hire a lawyer, they're, they're ethically required to provide you sound, competent legal advice. Whether they're Democrats or Republicans shouldn't matter. Now, having said that, there were some obvious warning signs about who Mike Flynn's first lawyers were and who they were associated with, which I'll get to in a second. But let's get to this from the, from the, uh, from the Federalist piece. So you'll, you'll, here's what's going on right now. So Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's new lawyer, looked at what the old lawyers did, and they said, hey, this doesn't make a lot of sense. The old lawyers, Covington, this group Covington, these lawyers, this Covington group, they helped Mike Flynn fill out this form. He was later prosecuted for filling out in a, what the government believed, a dishonest fashion. So from the Federalist piece, when a criminal defendant claims a prior lawyer provided ineffective assistance of counsel, which is what Flynn's new attorney is saying now, they're saying our old attorney sucked, basically. Yeah. I don't know any other way to tell you. The courts deem that claim, this is important, ladies and gentlemen, to be a waiver of the attorney-client privilege. That means that otherwise privileged communications between the attorney and client can be disclosed in order to adjudicate the ineffective assistance claim. Mm -hmm. I'll translate this for you. Don't worry. But this gets interesting. But that does not open the door for access to all communications between the defendant and their former attorney, former counsel, or to all of the information that former counsel obtained during the representation. What's going on here? Covington, Mike Flynn's first attorneys, he's now saying we're totally ineffective. Covington helped him fill out this form. This Foreign Agent Registration Act form, FARA form. And what they did is they said, listen, uh, General Flynn, because you had done some work for for Turkey, for people in Turkey, Mm -hmm. we think it's best you fill out this form saying you were working on behalf of a foreign government, the Foreign Agency Register, FARA form. Copy? Everybody follow me? Easy enough. Easy enough. The government then looked at the form after he was given advice by Covington to fill this form out, which, by the way, there's still no evidence Mike Flynn was working for the government of Turkey. None. Mike Flynn is a free U.S. citizen. Mike Flynn, whether you think it's a good or bad idea morally, it's not illegal for Mike Flynn to take a business contract with someone who's a Turkish citizen. There is nothing illegal about that at all. It'd be illegal if it was done in violation of U.S. law. And if he's lobbying on behalf of the Turkish government, then that FARA forms a must. Everybody tracking? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So Covington tells him how to fill out this FARA form, even though it's still under dispute today that he had to even fill the form out at all. They say, hey, here's how you should fill this thing out. Hmm. Big wink and a nod, folks. Fill it out this way. Huh? You know, I love the wink and a nod. Yeah, man. All of a sudden, Joe, crazy time. Mike Flynn's being prosecuted for alleged false statements, filing false info on the Farrah form that Covington, his first lawyers, advised them to fill out that way. And who's defending him against those charges? The same law firm, Covington, that told him to fill it out that way. I'm not what? kidding. Yeah. So Flynn's new attorney, finally a competent attorney, Sidney Powell's looking back and saying, ah, uh, come on, come on, guy. You guys <laughs> yeah. are the ones who told him to fill this out the way the government's saying is criminal. And now you're defending him against basically your own advice. You told him to do this and you did it in conjunction. The allegations are they did it in conjunction with advice from this prosecutor's office. 
Now, why does this matter? It matters because this is an obvious conflict of interest. Covington needs to protect its professional reputation for advising clients to fill out Farrah forms, not necessarily Flynn. Right. This is a huge conflict of interest. So now the government's saying, well, there's no more attorney-client privilege between Flynn and Covington, and that information should come out because he's claiming it was ineffective counsel. So if we want to look into that, we have to look at what Flynn's first attorney said. Of course. Which usually you can't because it's privileged information. Yeah. That's where it gets complicated because Van Grack, Brendan Van Grack, one of the prosecutors for the government looking into Flynn, apparently had something to do with those negotiations. So he'll actually be a witness in the ineffective counsel. <laughs> my head is spinning. Holy my cow. head is spinning. Yeah. What a mess. Go back to my headline when your head starts to spin. These people all know each other and they all have something to hide. So the government prosecutor was involved in these Farrah charges while working with Covington, this law firm who was representing Flynn, who advised him how to fill out the Farrah form while the government was prosecuting him for filling out the Farrah form the wrong way? Remember, if you're associated with Trump, justice will, justice, air quotes, because it's not real, just, that's why I titled the show today, justice doesn't even exist anymore. Justice, fake justice will come and find you. But when you're a Democrat and you smash Blackberries and you run a bleach bit program on them to delete information to hide it from the government like the Clinton team did, you're A-OK, man. Everything's good. Now, this is where this gets hilarious. And by hilarious, I mean tragic. Who is one of the attorneys? Like, what are their primo hires at Covington? Again, you can fault Flynn, fair enough, for hiring these people. But they're still obligated to provide him competent legal services. Yes. Nobody gets a pass here. Who is one of their ace-in-the-hole hires at Covington? Get ready, because this is yeah, this is not a joke. I am not messing with Joe. I didn't tease this to Joe. Joe, Joe you don't have any idea no, who this is, right? I got no clue, dude. I don't remember what I told no, you when you I did. tell me anything. Okay, because Joe gets the videos, but he doesn't get the headlines right. first. Paula gets the headlines. Paula knows who it is. Look at who Covington's ace in the hole hire was. Check this article out for The Intercept. This <laughs> oh, that ace hole. Yes. Oh, for those no. of you watching on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash Bongino, you get to kind of cheat a little bit. Oh, for you audio on. listeners, Intercept headline, July 2015. Eric Holder returns as hero to law firm that lobbies for big banks. That law firm is, in fact, coming ace in the holder holy Folks. moly <laughs> ace in the holder nice yeah. nice ace in the holder there's your guy eric holder's law firm was the one that flynn's new attorney is alleging provided incompetent services that led to the prosecution of mike flynn oh, dude. folks i i i'm 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 i just want to i'm going to put something out there i haven't said yet i've agreed to do another book Paula's like, don't say that. She hates when she don't no, 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 no moaning in the background. No moaning in the back. I I have agreed. To, I, I didn't think I was going to because there were a ton of work and research, but I I haven't, I'm not, I can't tell you the date yet or anything, but the gist of it's gonna be this again. Ladies and gentlemen, these people all know each other and they all have something to hide. You think former attorney general under Obama who was there in the White House when all this malfeasance was going on and was unquestionably connected to Obama through this massive volume of scandals, Fast and Furious, Benghazi, all of this stuff. Spygate was a little more Loretta Lynch. Mm -hmm. But you think he may have something to hide? They all have something to hide. And they all know each other. Paula doesn't like when I tease stuff too early. But I got to put it out. I'm really excited about it. I wasn't going to do it. But there's so much there that just sitting in front of you, you're going to be astonished how all of these people are connected to each other. All right. Again, the theme of today's show, as always, they all know each other and they all have something to hide. So this is where this gets really good. Mm-hmm. So we also had another development yesterday, which I spent a little extra time, as you know, on Bernie Sanders and dismantling his garbage. I didn't get to cover this story yesterday of Roger Stone. Roger Stone is a longtime operative, political operative, who has been associated with Republican campaigns in the past as far back as, I believe, Nixon. Uh, he's been around for a long time. 
Roger Stone um, also was a friend of Donald Trump. Roger Stone was prosecuted. Remember the early morning raids where, where CNN magically showed up mm -hmm. at this raid at his house? They had like an FBI SWAT team, which was utterly ridiculous, um, show up at his house. Stone was prosecuted and is being uh, now, the, the background in the story is this. I'll put up the Washington Examiner headline in a minute, but Stone was being prosecuted for intimidating a witness in this case and for other and for not telling the truth under oath. Now, I've met Roger Stone. I wouldn't say I'm friendly with him, but I, I know Roger Stone a little bit. I've seen him at events. I'm not running or anything from it. I don't really care either way. Uh, but Stone, during the sentencing phase of his trial, some of the prosecutors prosecuting Roger Stone and what I believe is a ridiculous case. Roger Stone is on a public peril at this point. It's absurd. You may love him or hate him just like Manafort, but wasting government assets on this is just nonsense. Roger Stone, the sentencing recommendation made to Bill Barr in the Justice Department was not the sentence recommendation that they showed up in court with. Let's go to the Washington Examiner piece, and you'll, I'll, I'll give you some background on this. And again, these people all know each other, and they all have something to hide. So what happens here is they go into court, and they recommend nine years in jail for Roger Stone for a witness tampering case where he allegedly tampered with a witness, this guy Randy Credico, who the witness is actually saying, I didn't feel intimidated at all. It's pretty fascinating, Joe, to have a witness tampering case, just like a yeah. quid pro quo mm -hmm. case in Ukraine, where the Ukrainians are like, we didn't feel pressured. It's amazing to have a witness tampering case where the witness, Randy Credico, is saying, hey, I wasn't intimidated by Roger right. Stone one bit. You need the victim, baby. So what happened? Yeah. Washington Examiner headline, three Mueller prosecutors abruptly withdraw from Roger Stone case. So these prosecutors who resigned, resigned because they said, hey, we recommended this nine years. You know, the Justice Department led by Bill Barr, obviously a Trump appointee. You know, they don't agree with that. They wanted them to revise this sentencing. And they said nine years for a 70 year old guy for a witness intimidation case where no witness is claiming they were intimidated is absurd. Uh, you know, murderers get off with less time than that. This is ridiculous. So the prosecutor said, oh, that's it. We're out of here now. Now, what's really going on now that you have the background? Prosecutors recommend ridiculous sentence. They go to Bill Barr. Bill Barr says that's outrageous, revises their sentence down, says that's crazy. Prosecutors resign. There's a theory out there, ladies and gentlemen, that's starting to gather a little bit of steam that I'm starting to believe is true. That these prosecutors in the case, and I'll get to who they are in a second, who were pushing to put Stone in prison so that he would die there nine years for an absurd charge. That these prosecutors in the case may have made that absurd charge knowing and hid it from Barr. They briefed him on a different amount of time. They didn't tell him nine years. Knowing Barr would react and say, that's ridiculous. You didn't tell us you were going to push for nine years. Follow me here. Yeah. So then they could resign from the case and protest to make Barr look like he's intervening in a case to help Donald Trump. It's a little 4D chess here. Yeah. But it's, as I always tell you, Spygate is a spy story full of idiots. The prosecution of Flynn and Roger Stone is a prosecution legal case full of idiots, too. Do you get what I'm saying here? that these prosecutors may have made this ridiculous sentencing allegation against, uh, sentencing recommendation, excuse me, against, uh, against Stone, not Flynn. Nine years. Knowing that that's not what they told Barr, knowing Barr would be furious at this ridiculous 10 years in prison almost for this, you're, in, you're crazy. And then knowing Barr would object, they can, we're protesting, right. we're protesting, we're resigning from the case, knowing what? that the media sycophant bootlicking butt kissers would pick up the story and go, look at this, these moral, ethical prosecutors resigning because they have spines of titanium to stand up against Bill Barr and Donald Trump's interference in the justice system again. Obstruction! And of course, on cue, we have lunatics like that nutbag from California, Eric Swalwell, that congressman saying, hey, hey, we could impeach over this, you know. I'm not kidding. He said that. That's a whole other story. Hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all a setup every single time. The Democrats, 
the media. They don't have an ounce of integrity. These people all know each other. They're all hiding their role in the Spygate debacle and everything else. And they're just setting up narrative after narrative, setting up the Trump team, trying to play them for fools because they know the the bootlicking, surgically attached lips to the caboose of the Democrat Party media will automatically follow the story. Is anyone in the media even remotely interested in the fact that these very same prosecutors, these alleged men of principle, that what they told Bill Barr and the Justice Department they were going to set in stone to, they didn't go into court and actually do? Is anybody remotely curious as to why they would do that? I hope you're tracking me here. Yeah. That's not what they told Barr. Right. They told Barr, whatever, we're going to recommend two to four years. I'm not sure if that was the number or not. Barr and the Justice Department said, fine, they have to sign off on this. They then walked into court and said, no, no, we want nine years, knowing Barr would say, that's not what you told us. And then they said, we've resigned. We're in protest. Mm -hmm. Principles, principles. What has two thumbs in his principles? These guys. No one in the media be like, look, interference again by the Trump team. Now, who are these prosecutors who resigned? Remember, everybody knows each other. Everybody. Let's go to this ABC article. This is just hilarious here. ABC article from a while ago talking about the very same, these are the prosecutors. Now, this article is about something different, but it's the same prosecutors. Meet special counsel Robert Mueller's prosecution team. ABC article from 2018. So these prosecutors were on Bob Mueller's witch hunt. Oh, and I'll get to that in a second. Devin Nunes, we need, we need the translator, Joe. Get the translator up and get it ready. I'm going to get to that in a second. So now ABC is introducing us to Bob Mueller's special prosecution team. Sorry, it's probably from 2016. My eyesight's going bad. I can't really see much anymore. Who is one of the lawyers on Bob Mueller's prosecution team? Let's see prosecutor number one. Aaron Zelinsky. Wait, wait, isn't Zelensky one of the guys who resigned from the, I forgot, I know, I'll get to that in a second. We'll get to, Zelensky's an attorney on loan from the District of Maryland. Before Zelensky's appointment to the Mueller team, he worked under the man who appointed the Mueller special counsel, Rod Rosenstein. Hey! What are the chances of that? You mean Rosenstein, the same guy who's alleged to have engaged in this plot to wiretap the president? who was clearly working with Andy McCabe, who signed off on one of the FISA warrants to spy on Donald Trump. Yeah, that guy. Same guy. So Zelensky works for Rosenstein, who okayed one of the FISA warrants to spy on Donald Trump we know was based on a fake dossier. That guy? That's the guy who, Joe, he resigned in pro... Zelensky is one of the... We'll get to that in a second. I'll go back to the Washington Examiner piece. Here's another guy on the Mueller prosecution team. They all resign in protest, Joe. Principal, principal, principal. <laughs> Brandon Van Grack is an attorney on loan from the DOJ's National Security Division. Van Grack served as counsel, the assistant attorney general at the National Security Division, before joining the Eastern District of Virginia as a special assistant to the U.S. Attorney for National Security and International Crime. Van Grack, where have we heard that name before? Oh, you mean the guy I was just discussing yeah. in the Flynn case who was involved with the Farah prosecu- prosecuting Mike Flynn for filling out a form the wrong way? When Mike Flynn was advised to fill out the form by the law firm that hired Eric Holder? Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah, that guy was on the Mueller probe. That guy, were, this is amazing. Amazing all the coincidences here, isn't it? Oh, no, yeah. Yes. Let's go back to the Washington Examiner. Really amazing, yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> This is describing these resignations. We, Bill Barr's interfering in our sentencing guidelines. We are prosecutors for the government. We are principal. We are resigning. Quote, Washington Examiner, the exodus began with a brief court filing on Tuesday afternoon with the district court for the District of Columbia, showing Aaron Zelinsky resigned effective immediately from his appointment as a special assistant U.S. attorney in D.C. working on the Stone case. Zelinsky is an assistant federal prosecutor from Maryland who was on loan in D.C. with Mueller's team. Oh, the drama. <laughs> so we got this Van Grack yeah. guy involved in a prosecution yeah. of Mike Flynn. So just to be clear, yeah. let's sum this up for you. Remember, they all know each other and they all have something to lose. So Van Grack, who was on the Mueller probe, also worked in the National Security Division of Obama's White House. 
the National Security Division of the DOJ, the Department of Justice, that ultimately signed off on the warrants to spy on the Trump team. This attorney prosecuting Flynn worked there. And by the way, that National Security Division was headed by who again? John Carlin, who headed the Obama National Security Division that okayed the spying on the Trump team. John Carlin, who did what? Before he went over there to work for the National Security Division, he was Bob Mueller's chief of staff. Mm -hmm. So Bob Mueller's chief of staff, John Carlin, leads the National Security Division that okayed the spying out of Trump and the Obama administration. And working under him was a guy, Brandon Van Grack, who is now heading this prosecution team into Mike Flynn, prosecuting him for lies he didn't say. While Flynn, before he became National Security Advisor, was expressing concerns about the politics in the intel community. That became a siren for everybody in the intel community. They were worried about Mike Flynn, that he was going to expose what they were doing. <sighs> Folks, I got to tell you, this is infuriating. Okay, one more thing on the Stone case, hat tip to Chuck Ross. And I want to also... I believe I'm, I'm and forgive me. I'm not sure because this guy gets passed over a lot. I believe Mike Cernovich exposed this. So if he did, I want to hat tip him too. I'm, I'm hearing he did. And I don't want to gloss over anyone credit where credit is due. I believe Cernovich is the one who found this, but I got the story from Chuck Ross who does good work at the daily caller who's writing about it. But another piece of unbelievably grotesque malfeasance in the Roger Stone case. Look at this article by the daily caller. Stunning. Apparently, the jury foreperson, the foreman, forewoman, whatever, not into this whole whatever thing here, the lead juror in the Roger Stone case ran for Congress <laughs> as a Democrat in 2012. Jeez. Look at this from Chuck Ross. This is classic. How is this one missed? So the lead juror in the case against Roger Stone, where they're recommending nine years in prison for a process crime here? For a witness intimidation charge they can't find a victim on? The four person on Stone's jury ran for Congress as a Democrat, it was revealed Wednesday. Tamika Hart revealed her role on the jury in a Facebook post where she defended the four prosecutors who quit the Stone case, the people we were just talking about, in protest over a revision to Trump confidant's recommended prison sentence. Hart's social media activity shows she closely followed the special counsel's Russia investigation and frequently posted negative stories about President Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, it is never, ever going to end. You know, you may say to yourself, why do these people all knowing each other, all being involved in Democrat Party politics, all seemingly involved in targeting the Trump team, working for people targeting the Trump team, connected to people who are targeting the Trump team, why does it matter? Because, ladies and gentlemen, in a civil constitutional republic that operates according to the rules of order and law and order and justice, is it not fair? I'm asking you a question in our listening audience. Is it not fair to ask for people free of relationships, financial arrangements, and otherwise that may negatively impact blind justice? If I'm being prosecuted for a a threat case. Let's say I was being prosecuted. Dan Bongi was being prosecuted for threatening his neighbor. Do you? I'm just asking a very serious question. It's not a joke. Do you think it would be fair to put on the jury if, say, I'm saying I didn't threaten a guy, and the neighbor's like, "No, he threatened me," and it's a, it's a, he said, he said, right? Do you think it would be fair to put on a jury in that case? My neighbor's wife. You're probably laughing. You're like, "That's the dumbest." Of course not. Right. The neighbor's wife is not an unbiased juror, no matter what you say. No, no, I can be unbiased. You're not unbiased. It's your husband. You're biased to take his side and believe him. This seems obvious. But yet when you talk to liberals and you say, so let me get this straight. You prosecuted Mike Flynn. You prosecuted Roger Stone. And of all of the attorneys in a country of 330 million people, and of all the jurors, you couldn't find anybody who didn't work for Obama, work for divisions of the Obama administration while they spied on the Trump team, Work for the de deputy assistant uh, attorney general, Rod Rosen, who signed on the warrant to sign the Trump team, or you couldn't find a person to be a foreman of the jury 
that didn't run as a Democrat and post about the collusion hoax? You couldn't find anybody else. That, when you ask liberals that, they go, oh, there's there no evidence they were biased. <laughs> no, no, you just don't know what evidence means. The evidence is everywhere. There's a certain commentator I work with who does it all the time. There's no evidence of that. I'm sorry you don't know what evidence means. All right, I got more. Because Nunes has kind of been hammering at this too, Devin Nunes. By the way, I'll be with that CPAC for an explosive Spygate scandal. Go get your tickets for CPAC today. So I got more on that in a second. All right, before we get to that, today's show also brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. Ladies and gentlemen, you ensure everything in your life that matters, right? Everything. Some of you have heard me read for this company before, but it's important. It matters. You ensure your car, your home, your health. How can you not ensure your food supply? Listen, emergencies don't announce they're coming. That's why they're emergencies. And when they strike, believe me, we're familiar with this. Even in Florida, that's a very well-prepared state. We get hurricanes all the time. You don't want to go into a Walmart for bottled water and food when a hurricane's coming in. Because you're going to see empty store shelves. Walmart does a good job of getting it back in quick. But I'm telling you, you don't get there at the right time. People clean it out. Don't be part of the chaos when an emergency strikes. People know what's coming, okay? Natural disasters happen. That's why they're natural. These things happen. Emergencies happen too. Plan ahead now. Build an emergency food supply. It's just the sound, sensible thing to do. Go to our friends at My Patriot Supply. This week, you can save $70 on a two-week emergency food kit when you go to this special website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. My Patriot Supply food kits last up to 25 years in storage. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot of mental sanity for you not have to worry about where you're going to get food in emergency. It has breakfast, lunches, and dinners. The food is very good. Order a few today, and My Patriot Supply will ship them fast and discreetly right to your front door. I have tons of this stuff. Take action so you're ready for what's coming and save $70. Go today to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Go today. Don't let your food supply run out in an emergency. Preparewithdan.com. Okay. So folks, I understand and I sympathize with you because I always read your feedback, but this is necessary. That this gets complicated. It seems like a web of people. You don't have to get upset or worried. You can rewind the show and listen again. You only have to know this. With the point I just made, these people all know each other. And in any other criminal prosecution or prosecution or uh, investigation into government corruption, hiring people to look into the corruption who were involved in the corruption themselves would be considered verboten. But now, because liberals and everyone else have something to hide, which is the massive Spygate scandal, they don't care. They love it that all these people with these malign influences from others are involved in this case. Two prosecutors who resigned from the case are tied to Mueller and Rosenstein who were involved in the whole Spygate scandal and the investigation pursuant to it afterwards who are prosecuting one of the guys, Roger Stone, and alleging he should go to jail for nine years? This is insane. Now, we know what they're hiding in Spygate scandal. They're hiding spying on Donald Trump in conjunction with international partners. But another question's come up recently, and uh, I've been uh, sent this by a few people who need the Nunes translator. So I'm going to play this clip first. I'm going to play the clip. And then, uh, Joe, keep the Nunes translator handy. Yep. We're going to need that, too. Good to go. Devin Nunes has been out there, and he's been saying, listen, um, it's not just they're hiding a lot of stuff in the Spygate scandal. They're also hiding some stuff with how the Mueller probe was conducted. I will translate for you when this clip is done. Here's Devin Nunes with Lou Dobbs right here. Check this out. There and is I something would, terribly, I, terribly this- wrong in that it's, Justice Department that this is happening. It's, and let me the tell president you, is right. It's just it, outrageous. Let me tell you something else that your viewers will be interested in. You'll be interested sure. in because there's, there's more to come on this. The lawyers that, you know, that stepped aside today, that, that, that busted Rod, think, that, right. that made the seven to nine the year recommendation on, on, uh, on the prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that this is not going to be the only example we think there's other examples of things that they did during the Mueller investigation that I think you and your listeners and the American people will be very interested to learn in the coming weeks as we start to unpeel the onion of what the Mueller team was really doing. Because okay. I always say this, when Mueller was appointed, you ha- we have to ask ourselves, he walks in the door the first day and said, okay, show me all the evidence you got on the Russians. They're like, uh, Bob, sorry, uh, we, we don't have any Russians here. We don't have any evidence. Yeah. So what the hell did they do for two years? They set up an obstruction of justice trap and they and they, tried. Sent, they they went out after a whole bunch of people that now got sentenced, 
Some already served their time. And I think all of this has to come into question now at this point. <laughs> all right. Joe, please activate Nunes Translator. We need it. Here we go. Initiating Nunes Translator, Dan. For those new listeners to the show, Devin Nunes has to be careful about what he says in media appearances because unlike the Democrats, he's not a leaker. Um, and he actually has some respect for the whole, uh, you know, secret process of classifying information in the government. So Nunes has to talk in kind of code, uh, which is good because don't worry, I'm here to translate what Nunes is saying for you. So folks, what he's getting at here, and the reason we had to do the show in that order, Flynn, Stone, the prosecutors involved in Flynn and Stone are heavily involved in Spygate and other Obama scandals, is because now you understand what he's saying. Nunes is pretty clear though that, hey, hey, listen, guys, did you happen to notice that these prosecutors involved in the Stone case, and by the way, in the Flynn case too, are the same ones who were involved in the Mueller probe? By the way, the Mueller probe that knew from the beginning that the Spygate thing and the dossier was a hoax? Now, let's get into a little more detail. Let me give you the headline first so what I'm about to say makes sense in the context of here's your takeaway. Your takeaway is this. These same prosecutors who are trying to put Flynn and Stone in jail to both shut people up and punish them for looking into their malfeasance, the same prosecutors recommending nine years in prison for Stone and trying to put Flynn in jail for filling out a form wrong that he was advised to fill out by a law firm that hired Eric Holder. These same prosecutors trying to punish these people and shut them up from looking into what they did were looking into Trump for the collusion thing as members of the Mueller team when they knew the entire time that what they were looking into was garbage. Now, you were listeners to the show. You knew the whole Mueller probe was a scam, a witch hunt, a farce, and a joke. But what if there was evidence out there that they knew from the start what they were looking into was a farce? That's the Mueller team and the prosecutors, the same ones involved in prosecuting Flynn on this garbage case and Stone trying to put him in jail for 7,000 years in a Russian gulag. The Gulag Archipelago style. What if these people really needed to frighten people like Stone and Flynn and anyone else because they don't want you to know that they knew from the beginning what they were doing was a total farce? Now, there's a couple of takeaways from that. What Nunes has been out there and talking about is the case, obviously, the entire, now we know this based on the heart. We know it conclusively. There is no debate about it anymore. I'm not interested in hack media opinions. I'm interested in fact. The Michael Horowitz report, which was broken in many ways, but one of its conclusions was the case against Trump would not have existed without this Steele dossier, the PP tape stuff, the Russian collusion allegations, the Russians colluded with Trump to influence the election only exist in one place, ladies and gentlemen, that is now crystal clear. It is in the dossier created by Christopher Steele and his companions there and others and paid for by Hillary Clinton. The FBI had investigated that before Mueller was hired to investigate Russian collusion. You all get that, right? The case started in the spring of 2016. It didn't start July 31st of 2016. The FBI is lying about that. The investigation into Trump colluding with the, which was based on Christopher Steele, paid for by Hillary Clinton's fake allegations, starts in the spring of 2016. Bob Mueller is not in the picture until next year, until May of 2017. So the FBI, follow me here, liberals, I know you have a tough time with math, is investigating for a full year this investigation paid for by Hillary Clinton, this fake charge in the dossier she paid for. She, they're investigating whether Trump was colluding with Vladimir Putin to impact the election. When Mueller is hired, Nunes keeps hinting at this. Let me translate what he's saying. The day he's hired, he gets that FBI file. And Joe, how much evidence is in that FBI file that Trump was in fact actually colluding with Vladimir Putin to impact the election? Hmm. Let me give you a hint. Yeah? The answer is zero. I knew it. There is none. Now, I, even giving the FBI the benefit of the doubt that they turned over some of it, they hid some maybe, I'm, I, we shouldn't, and giving the Mueller team the benefit of the doubt. When they get the text from Peter Stroke, the guy investigating this case, the text to his girlfriend, Lisa Page, where they're talking about the deplorable Walmart people and how they hate Trump mm -hmm. and how there's these O'Connor's laws and everything. 
Mueller reads these texts in July. He knows two months after he's hired in May of 2017, at the latest, at the latest, this collusion thing is a total, complete hoax. That's at the latest. I agree with Nunes that he knows right away because he gets the FBI file and they don't actually produce any evidence of collusion. You would think common sense that Mueller would say to them and Van Grack and Zelinsky and Zebley and Jeannie Ree and these other attorneys and Weissman working for Mueller that they would say to the FBI, wait, wait, we were just appointed a special counsel and we're the members of Bob Mueller's team looking into this. And you're telling me you look into it for a year and you have absolutely zero evidence. Any of this is true. What is it based on? Well, it's based on this dossier we got. Did you verify it? No, none of it. The Mueller team should have come out on day one and said, ladies and gentlemen, camera, is this thing on? This is all a hoax. And instead, for almost two years, they kept it going. Now, does does what Nunes was saying make sense? Why did they keep it going if they knew their collusion investigation was based on a sham, a scam, a non-crime, nothing happened, there was no evidence? They did it because they were setting up an obstruction of justice trap for everyone involved in the case to arrest the players in the case to do what? And I said this a year ago, and I'll say it again now. Hat tip to 279 who turned me on to this early, by the way. They were arresting the people associated with the Trump orbit who were either mentioned in the dossier or alleged to be part of the collusion scheme to do what, Joe? To defend the reputation of the FBI and the DOJ. What Mueller was trying to do in his team, it is crystal clear, and I believe what Nunes is getting at here, is that they knew the whole case was a sham, but they figured if they investigated long enough, they could arrest people on process charges, obstruction, lying to the FBI, filling out forms wrong like Mike Flynn, intimidating witnesses that weren't intimidated like Roger Stone. And if they arrested enough people associated with the dossier, Joe, Later on, when it was revealed, which it was by Horowitz, that the dossier was fake and the whole case was fake, they could at least say, hey, listen, the FBI isn't all bad because, look, we're the Mueller team and we found all these people doing bad stuff. So, eh, my bad. The dossier was fake, but these are really bad guys. Stone, Papadopoulos, Mike Flynn, look. They lied. They filled out forms wrong. They were intimidating witnesses. Papadopoulos didn't tell us the truth in this interview. Notice none of the charges on any of the players in this case had anything to do with colluding with the Russians. Right. None. Right. Zero. Not one single person prosecuted by the Mueller team of the FBI or the Department of Justice. Not one was prosecuted for election interference or colluding with Russians. None. Nobody. They were arresting these people for a case they knew was fake to protect the reputation of the FBI, the swampy part of the FBI, to say, oh, yeah, they screwed up, but look, these people were really bad. Remember True Lies, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where his wife finds out he's a CIA guy or whatever? And she says, did you ever kill people? And he goes, yes, but they were all bad. This is Hmm. the Mueller approach. Did you ever... uh, investigate a false charge and keep it going for two years to wreck the reputation of a president. Yeah, but we arrested some really bad people. You get it? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. It is obvious. And they were using the FBI fairy tales, their 302s, their investigative summaries, their work on the fake dossier. They were using it as a template to write the Mueller report to tell this long convoluted story that appears to talk about Russian collusion, but doesn't produce any actual evidence of it. Do you notice how the Mueller report talks about Russian troll farms and how bad the Russians are? We already knew that. That doesn't mean Joe colluded with the Russians to help Trump. This means the Russians are bad. Mm -hmm. That's what the Mueller report does. It follows the FBI 302s. And this guy said this, and this guy said that, and this guy was Russian and met with Trump. Did they actually pass anything indicating they were colluding in the election? No, no, but they met with this guy. You mean the guy connected to Hillary Clinton? Yeah, that guy. This is all a scam. It is so obvious. It is so painfully obvious that's what they're doing. Let me just sum up so I can move on. They all know each other. 
They are all desperate to hide their involvement in the biggest political scandal in American history. They are all protecting their bosses and protecting their jobs. And the same people of all the people in the United States to be involved in a government prosecution or investigation, the same names keep turning up in cases involved in prosecutions of prosecuting people involved in the Trump orbit, but never for actual collusion. Why? Because they want to shut these people up and teach the Trump team a lesson. Prosecutor working with Mike Flynn, who wanted to look into the intelligence community that targeted Mike Flynn, ironically. The prosecutors on the Mueller team. The prosecutor on the Mueller team is targeting Flynn for a form he filled out wrong using a law firm associated with Eric Holder who told him how to fill out the form. The prosecutor's in the National Security Division run by Obama that spied on Trump and headed by Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. They all know each other. The other guy, Zelensky, who resigns in protest for sure. He worked for Rod Rosenstein who signed off on the warrants to spy on Trump. You couldn't find anybody else? They didn't want to find anybody else. They needed people they knew would do their bidding. All right. Got a lot more to get to, including hilarious Donald Trump video. I can't get enough of these. <laughs> Trump owning the lib spots. Yeah, Josie, don't get to this. Yeah, it's great. This is hysterical. Before I get to that, today's club, finally, uh, today's show, sorry. It's Lending Club. Today's club also. <laughs> today's show also brought to you by buddies at Lending Club. Lending Club. For decades, credit cards have been telling us buy now, pay for it later. You know how bad that gets, folks. Interest piles up. And despite your best intentions, it gets out of control fast. With Lending Club, consolidate your debt or pay off your credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rates, personal loans. Ladies and gentlemen, no trips to a bank. No high interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com. Tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, simplify your life. If you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one, not number two, the number one peer-to-peer -peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. We love the club on this show. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in just minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan lendingclub.com slash Dan. Go today. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, lendingclub.com slash Dan. Simplify your life, lendingclub.com slash Dan. Okay. So I like to inject a little bit of uh, informative comic relief. It's not a comedy show, although I do tend to try to break the ice with sarcasm once in a while, but there is nobody better at Donald Trump at flipping the script. Remember yesterday, Benicio, they'll flip you, we'll flip you for real. <laughs> there is nobody better at doing that than Trump. Now, one of the, my bet noirs I can't stand, one of these things that drives me absolutely wild, it's been hanging out there and I just can't stand it about the media, is their never-ending efforts to ask Republicans questions that are not really questions. The old line is the question, when did you stop beating your wife? And, you know, beat him, I don't beat him. And the headline becomes, you know, politician A says he doesn't beat his wife. And what does the general public do? They read the headline and go, there's an allegation he beat his wife? That nah. is there anything worse to accuse it? No, and that's why they do that. They set you up with questions that aren't really questions. They're statements to get a what? What do I tell you elections are always about? Sound bites yeah. and snapshots. That's all elections are about. Good pictures and quickie sound bites. That's it. They want the sound bite out of you. They only do this to conservatives. They don't do this to Democrats. So they ask the when did you stop beating your wife question to get a sound bite that they know is going to sound bad. So the question's not a question. Trump has a President Trump has a unique ability to sense the when did you stop beating your wife question and to flip the script and turn their question into a statement back at them, which isn't exactly the soundbite they wanted. It's always a setup, <laughs> that question. They want a wicked soundbite. I didn't beat my wife. That's what they want Trump to say. He refuses to, he will never do it. He is better at this than they are. So he's asked the question yesterday. I want you to listen to this. This is about a minute. And here's Trump flipping the script in Benicio Del Toro. Flip, the, flip you, flip you for real. And just a beautiful, I love what he does. Is check this out. The Republicans have said they hoped you would learn a lesson from impeachment. What lesson did you learn from impeachment? Uh, that the Democrats are crooked. They've got a lot of crooked things going. 
that they're vicious, uh, that uh, they shouldn't have brought impeachment, and that my poll numbers are 10 points higher because of fake news like NBC, which reports the news very inaccurately, probably more inaccurately than CNN, if that's possible, Uh, MSDNC, and your MS, uh, and and if you take a look at NBC, no, I think they're among the most dishonest reporters of the news. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate it. My left arm doesn't work as well. Yeah, isn't great as it? So the reporter, this hack loser, it's not a question. Did you learn a lesson from the impeachment? Republican leaders are saying you must learn a lesson. It's not a question. They're not asking him anything. They want a soundbite. And the soundbite they want is Trump talking about divisions in the Republicans who hate Donald Trump and who taught him a lesson. They want Trump to say, Learned a valuable lesson from the GOP. Um, I did. I'm wrong. I screwed this up. That's what they want him to say. Oh, it's all BS, of course. Mm-hmm. And they want to expose what? Divisions in the Republican Party to make it look like Trump is so unpopular that even Republicans are teaching him a lesson. So what does he do? He turns it around and he says, uh, I learned uh, that you guys are hack loser reporters. You can't get the information right. I learned this was all a hoax. This is great. I love this guy. This, he, nobody, nobody, no one. No, the president said we don't worship golden calves on this show, but I'm telling you, I have not seen a politician in modern political history, because that's all I've been alive for, in modern political history, flip the script on the media better than this guy. I've seen better public, I mean, Reagan was, there's just no one like him, not in my lifetime. But speech-wise, Reagan's got him, okay? Reagan's just was amazing. Reagan was a once-in-a-lifetime politician. But on dealing with the media, hacks and exposing the non-question question. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, there is not even a close second. He senses the trap immediately. He sniffs it out and he goes right for the kill so that the sound bite, I'm using the sound, that hack reporter, think about this, process what I'm about to tell you. That loser really thought he was going to get a nightly news soundbite with Trump talking about how he's been taught a lesson by the Republicans who are spanking him too because he's so unpopular. And what does he get? He gets a soundbite on the Dan Bongino show we're using to mock the reporter instead. Nobody, nobody does this better. Nobody. (sighs) Nobody. Okay, tomorrow is going to be a killer show. I'm going to tease this a little bit. Be back late tonight, so I'm doing a lot of prep for tomorrow's show today. But I want to tease this a little bit. Tomorrow's show, remember the focus the last few weeks and the focus of my book that will be coming out at an undisclosed date. Everybody knows each other. Everybody has something to hide. And I want to add part three here. Was that a 50 Cent album? Get rich or die trying. What was that? Can you look that up for me, Paula? What was Get Rich or Die Trying? Was that a... Mm. Hold on, folks. We're going to do this on the air. Don't delete this. Get Rich or Die Trying. I don't know. It was a movie. It was a movie. Was 50 Cent in that? He was. Curtis Jackson. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Because usually I'm bad. I had to look it up on my phone. Get Rich or Die... So, part number three. Everybody knows each other. Everybody targeting the Trump team, that is. Obviously, we just did a whole show on it. Everybody's hiding something, their involvement in scandals or protecting their boss or they're protecting their job. And everybody's getting rich while us suckers are sitting here working for a living. Of course, I don't mean suckers. You get it. That's what they think of us. We're the ones with principles. We're the ones with titanium spines. We're the ones with the cojones to speak out. They think we're suckers. Like you suckers working for a living. What do I mean? I spent the last two and three weeks exposing this web of connections between people involved in the targeting of Trump and how they were all getting rich and how they all know each other. And one of the things I had addressed was the Skolkovo project in Russia, how this Skolkovo project was a Russian effort to implement a technology corridor, kind of like Silicon Valley over here. But that the army was very, U.S. Army was very suspect of the Skolkovo project because Skolkovo was alleged to be stealing U.S. technology secrets to build hypersonic weapons to kill us. U.S. Army report, not mine. Well, what's the problem? The Russians are trying to invent weapons to kill us, stealing our technology. Everybody knows that. Well, the problem is that project was promoted by one Hillary Clinton and her husband, Bill. 
And we're going to get to some more of this tomorrow. But here's an interesting angle, hat tip to the viewers who pass this on to me. There's a Wall Street Journal piece out. Again, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's getting rich. And us suckers are working for a living. Article, Wall Street Journal, February 13, 2020. Education Department is investigating Harvard and Yale over foreign funding. Officials accuse schools across the U.S. of soliciting funds from foreign governments and companies known to be hostile to the United States. Really? Who are one of those, country, uh, those countries and one of those companies? So, as Fred Siegel in his excellent book, Revolt Against the Masses, a must-read, by the way. One of my all-time I know Andrew uh, Wilkow, one of my good friends, loves the book, too. Revolt Against the Masses. One of the greatest books you will ever read about how the phony left pretends they're in it for the masses, the little guy, and their whole effort is to put their boot up your caboose. But in the book, Siegel describes about this, triumph, uh, this, uh, this triumvirate of idiocy. Congressional committees, in other words, liberals in Congress, the media, and academia, and how this triumvirate of evil works to advance the Democrat cause and the Democrat narrative, mm-hmm. the Democrat storyline. You're all getting screwed by the rich. Socialism is great. They all work to do that. Everybody gets rich in the process while they're doing it too. So there's an allegation out there by Trump's education department that these colleges in the United States, academic institutions, you know, populated by liberals that hate Trump and candidly, many of them hate the idea of liberty and freedom too. They would take a leak on our constitution in a heartbeat that they may have been soliciting money from governments that actually hate this country, there's no way. No, no way. That Skolkovo could be involved in this too, right? The same military technology project in Russia that was stealing our technology to invent weapons to kill us, that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Joe's like, no, no, no. I don't think so. Come on. No, come on, man. It's a bridge too far. I know I can read Joe's mind. You're right. Dan, stop it. It's a conspiracy theory. It's a bridge too far, brother. Let's just check the Wall Street. Just to be sure, let's check that Wall Street Journal article. There's no way. So first, just to set it up, Quote, Wall Street Journal, officials are accusing these schools of actively soliciting money from foreign governments, companies and nationals known to be hostile to the U.S. and potentially in search of opportunities to steal research and spread propaganda benefiting foreign governments. That sounds like collusion to me, according to the document. So there's an allegation that foreign governments hostile to the United States are colluding with academic institutions populated by liberals that can't stand us. Wow, that's kind of crazy. I thought that was the Trump team doing that. But it goes, there's no way, no way Skolkovo could possibly be involved in this. In a letter to Harvard dated Tuesday and posted on the Education Department's website, officials cited the recent Justice Department case and asked the school to disclose records of gifts or contracts involving the governments of China, Qatar, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iran. Not exactly a group of our close buddies we're in romper room with. It also requested records regarding telecommunication giant Huawei. ZTE Corp of China, Kaspersky Lab, and the Skolkovo Foundation of Russia. Say what? <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory, nah, Joe. Dude. It is definitely a bridge too far. Clearly, the Wall Street Journal, Kathleen O'Keefe, who wrote that article, I'm sorry whatever, if I may have got there. Clearly, this is all just one big conspiracy, and we're, a conspiracy theory. We're all nuts. So the Skolkovo Project, mm. which I'm going to get into again a little more tomorrow with Diana West's excellent piece in the Daily Caller, which is in the show notes today. Please read ahead. Go to my show notes. If you go to Bongino.com, our website, and you click on podcast, the show notes are attached. They're links to these articles. If you want them emailed to you, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. We'll email them to you every morning. We won't spam your inbox. Don't worry. Please read ahead. Diana Wiss, excellent article, The Hypersonic Missile Guy, because I'm going to go into this tomorrow. And let me just tell you what we're getting into. So again, the same project, Skolkovo, that's alleged to be stealing technology to kill us, a Russian project, is promoted by Hillary and her husband, Bill. Companies that are donating to the Clinton Foundation are joining the Skolkovo Project. Bill's actually going over to Russia to try to meet with the head of the Skolkovo Project as the U.S. government's worried they're stealing our stuff to kill us with it. And the same Skolkovo Project may be influencing liberal institutions of higher education in the United States who are soliciting money from them, according to this accusation in the letter. Get rich or die trying, man. Show sure that endowment. Pump that up. 
Meanwhile, us suckers are working for a living. What a disgrace. All right, I got that for tomorrow. More on that. And I've got some really, really troubling stuff about Biden. I promise you it's stuff you have not heard before on this show. I've been holding it for a little while, but Rudy Giuliani gave an interview last night. I couldn't get to it today on Shannon Bream. That again is going to fit this. They all know each other. They all have something to hide or protect. And they're all getting rich while we work for a living. Swamp is real. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get the 400,000 subscribers. And listen, I appreciate all your, your listenership has been explosive this week and your viewership. I really appreciate it. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. Thanks so much. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.